everybody, welcome back to The Process. I'm Nick Veronica, Charlie Bukowski's here, and we are thrilled to be podcasting once again as football season has returned. The Bills open at the New York Jets on Monday in the Meadowlands. Aaron Rodgers, can the New Look Jets pull off the upset? We are here to go through how the position battles shook out over the summer. We're here to talk about the new players and the impact we think they can have for the Bills. Who is their biggest threat to the, in the AFC? And we're giving you some hot takes and Super Bowl predictions at the end. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you are so inclined, please give us a five-star review. Help some more people find the pod. Thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. Hit them up for all your sports performance needs. Tell them the process safe. What is going on, everyone? We are back. NFL season is back. Welcome back. To the Process Podcast, I'm Charlie Lutkowski, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. Nick, how was your off-season? I know we chatted a little bit, but you know, not not too much uh, from the Process Podcast this off-season. Hey, we, we are back. I'm excited. Uh, first game of the season tonight, uh, Chiefs against the Lions. You heard the music, and I was like, yeah, we can sell into this. We could fire up Twitter. We could uh, <laughs> get on uh, some of the other platforms, too. We could we throw off... Uh, are you on Blue Sky or any of those platforms, Charlie? Do you thread? I, I'm not yet. I just go on Twitter for the news. That's how I get my news nowadays. When you have it, when you have a two year old in the house, you don't really get to watch much of the news. It's a lot of blippy and handyman hail. So the news comes usually from from Twitter at this point in my life. That's as good a place as any to get uh, football news, as long as the website doesn't uh, burn itself in the ground here. But we're looking forward to Bill season. We got high expectations. We're back after uh, taking the summer off. Charlie, the expectations are high for this year's Buffalo Bills. Where are they in the mind of one Charles J. Wachowski? Oh, geez. You really want to know? Um, kind of all over the place, right? Uh, I think that this team has a um, very good chance of going to the Super Bowl. I think this team has a very good chance of disappointing us. Really? Um, I'm 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 really kind of torn in this point. Would you not say that the Bills roster appears to be better than in years past? I th- I feel like the national hype is down a little bit, but you could there's I'm looking at the roster thinking that they might be better. You know, the, they they definitely are better. Um, however, the division also got better. True, very true. They do the, the tough schedule, so it kind of balances out. Like I, I can definitely feel like looking at across the offensive line, looking at the defense. Like I feel like they, they could ha- have a better unit, and yet their opponents also look pretty tough. So I, that goes that goes both ways, I guess. But we're gonna see right away. The Jets, the national media loves the Jets. They love Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we're gonna find out right away. Yeah, I think. Um... Monday night's going to be a big game, and it's going to be a big test for both teams. I think when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, a a no doubt first ballot uh, Hall of Famer on the other side, this is a much different Jets team than what we saw last year with Zach Wilson and a uh, banged up Mike White. Yeah. So listen, last time we had a podcast, we put uh, we made up our own betting lines on some uh, some of the Bills roster positions, and we're just going to start start with those here. Middle linebacker Terrell Bernard he missed the entire preseason. He's going to start. Uh, at linebacker, he had a hamstring injury. He seemed to beat out uh, incumbent uh, journeyman Tyrell Dodson. I don't know if A.J. Klein was really that uh, much of a serious candidate. Didn't not hear much at all about uh, the rookie linebacker. They were going to see if he could maybe fit at middle linebacker. 
I don't know if that's going to work out, uh, at least this season. So I know that they, they have big plans for Dorian Williams, but not this year. I'm one of those that had big plans for Dorian Williams. I thought for sure Dorian Williams was going to be a starter um, on the team. I thought him plugging him right into middle linebacker the way he played in the pre- preseason kind of was a no-brainer, but I know they kind of want to let him sit and learn. He's an undersized middle linebacker, as we know, but uh, you know, to me he's, uh, I-, I think, the most talented one on this team. But we got a guy like Terrell Bernard who is very good in coverage. Um, and, and let's face it, man, I think outside of one Bills drive, no one really knows what this defense is going to look like. How much are they really going to be using Bernard? How much are they going to use Taylor Rapp in that position, right? I think it's going to be a little bit of uh, you know mind games from, from Sean McDermott for the first few weeks until teams are able to figure out what is going on. All right, uh, looking at cornerback two, Christian Benford, sixth round pick last season, won the job. And whenever we say win, wins the job, by the way, same thing, makes the team. You know, they made the first cut. They made week one. They're starting week one. Nothing beyond week one is guaranteed. But Christian Benford drafted in the sixth round, way after Kair Elam. Kair Elam, at some point uh, in the summer, looked like he was the fourth cornerback. Also behind Dane Jackson, perhaps. So Travis Way has a hand as a locked uh, lockdown on number one, Christian Benford. By the way, Charlie, you look up that guy's profile. Every time I see a guy born in the year two thousand, I it's that's still weird to me. I don't. You know just feel old at that point. Now you're just rubbing it in, but yeah. So anyway, that's CB two, and then across the offensive line, we're gonna we're just gonna read it right across, left to right. Deion Dawkins, he was locked in. Connor McGovern, they added him at left guard. He, as we said on the last episode, uh, just based on the contract they gave him, we felt pretty confident he was going to be their starting left guard. Mitch Morris at center, no surprise there. Right guard, rookie, Osiris Torrance. Charlie, that man is even bigger than I would have thought. You can see on, you know, you click on, on online, you could read his stats, you can see his height and weight, and you could say, wow. 6'5", almost 350. That's a big man. And then you see, you actually see him compared to all these other guys who are huge. Osiris Torrance is a people mover, like a lot what we saw of him. And then at right tackle, Spencer Brown is going to take that job. Uh, didn't seem to be like a ton of competition, really, for him this offseason. I don't know. I know, Charlie, you can tell me what you think. The Bills did not seem to really want there to be any chance Spencer Brown lost the right tackle job. Did you have that sense? I thought so too. Um, you know, they, they went out and brought in that. Uh, um, sorry, my mic was far away. Uh, they went out and brought in uh, that veteran whose name is escaping me, Efadi or Efedi or something like that. I heard Sale say it today, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna Jermaine Efedi, yes. He's, yeah, uh, he's a veteran. He had a good career with uh, Seattle on some of their good teams. You know, I thought maybe he's kind of the break glass in case of emergency guy um, at right tackle if Spencer Brown doesn't work out. Um, but I, I think this team really believes in Spencer Brown through and through. And, um, you know, and then this coaching staff has a lot of belief in him. Look, let's face it. Do I think he is terrible at the position? No. Do, 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 am I as low on him as everyone else's? No. But I, I will say this. Nick, and I'm going to get you know a lot of crap for saying this, I don't think he's any worse or better than what um, 
uh, than what Dion Dawkins is on the. No, I was I was thinking you were gonna go there. I'm like, don't go look, there. Look, but okay, let's be honest. Dion Dawkins hasn't had. The, no, I got you, listen. You and I say this all the time. What do we say all the time? We say all the time. Dion Dawkins is not as good as what the media or the Bills fans make him. Yeah, out. I, listen, I'm with you on that. Spencer Brown on the field when we saw him last year. He was was not good at all. And the Bills, the coaching staff, Brambean had said all offseason, you know, they thought he was battling some injuries. He was trying to tough it out. If he looked like it was it was not as good a high quality as fans were hoping to see, they were willing to give excuses for Spencer Brown. They were willing to give him a pass on that. And they're they're hoping they really put put some faith into him. And they are hoping he can turn the corner this year. That I can say more for their left tackle. I can say more for Deion Dawkins than that. He has been at least an average NFL starter, at the very least, average NFL starter. I know he's 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 got a Pro Bowl in him, right? I don't. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm putting his his floor is higher than Spencer Brown's floor. I think that that's not a hot take at all. That seems pretty locked into me. Two time Pro Bowl. How about that? 2021 and 2022. I know it's not what it used to be. People drop out. Other people want to go, but. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I look, I think at the end of the day, Mr. Brown is going to be good, but I don't think he's as bad as what everyone makes seem. All right. All right. I hear that take. Uh, so listen, let's swing it back to uh, middle linebacker. I know we got some more uh, CB2 talk to get to. Uh, then we're going to swing through some new pieces on offense, and then I got to get some season predictions from you. All right, Charlie? Let's do it. All right. Middle linebacker. Any I does it worry you? Terrell Bernard did not play at all in the preseason, was in a roster battle, picked up a hamstring injury, didn't see him in any preseason game. Does that worry you going into the season with him as your starting middle linebacker? I mean, that that seems to me as you know, the team of Super Bowl aspirations, like they have a screaming hole at middle linebacker. They don't know what's going on. What how are you feeling about this? I'm not as worried about that. I think, look, he's going to be good in coverage. I think he's going to be a good player. And you know what? They have just in case of emergency, um, they signed Christian Kurtzy as well. So I'm not too worried about it. That's true. He's technically on practice squad, but they could easily elevate him. They could get him up to speed. They could let him rest up if he's uh, banged up a little bit. I mean, Terrell Bernard was, was a sneaky pick in the 2022 draft. They got him in the third round. He slid a little bit because of injury. And it really felt like a guy they were gonna, you know, let get into the system a little bit, let him learn it, let him heal, let him get healthy. He had a lot of injuries in college. I think we had we had banged up Bills on the pod a year or two ago, right after that draft, and he was he was saying, you know, li- listing off the injuries that Terrell Bernard had, and honestly thought his his stock was hurt by that. He could he has the talent to be a higher draft pick even than third pick, third round pick. And it was really the injuries that kind of sent him back a little bit. So the, it's possibly his high hopes, but it's can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? And who, maybe maybe they really like Christian Kirksey. Maybe he picks up the offense. Um, but to, to me, I still feel a little bit unsettled about middle linebacker. I would agree with you. Um, you know, I think Christian Kirksey is going to end up being the guy, I think. I think it's just mm-hmm. kind of wait till he's ready to go. Um, and Nick, I know no one can see this. I'm moving all over the place. Right now, just, my dog just a walk and talk. That's all. Yeah, yeah. My dog just had ACL surgery, so you know he's out for the year himself. <laughs> uh, so trying to 
take care of a broken dog and podcast at the same time has been uh, quite an interesting uh, little what? What are, what are we even going here? Twelve minutes. So hey, that, listen, your news director uh, wants some movement. Okay, it's a walk and talk. That's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but no, I think look, Christian Kirch is going to be that guy who I think is going to end up being the middle linebacker, full time starter at the end of the year. I think Terrell Bernard is better than who is currently on the roster with Terrell Dotson. Um, I was not impressed with Dotson at all in the preseason. I know. And I do too many big runs, too many big issues. I think at the end of the day, Bernard is the guy um, for now, and I I think a middle linebacker will be addressed at some point throughout the season. Whether it is Christian Kurtz who comes in and leads the way, or if it is going to end up being someone they bring in via trade or something like that. Yeah, you know what? I I agree with that, and and I'm just like on a personal level, like Tyrell Dotson. You do a little bit feel bad for him. Like this guy, this is what he's worked for his whole life. He had it almost handed to him on a silver platter could have taken the middle linebacker job on a potential Super Bowl team. It was there for the taking. His main competitor got injured. They drafted a rookie who didn't work out there. The guy ahead of him got a huge contract in free agency. It was all there and he really did not step in and take that. So as, as a bills fan, as someone who just wants good play, you're like, okay, guess you missed. Sorry, pal on the human level. You'd be like, you know, this was his shot and he missed it. Um, so listen, he, he did, he did get forced into start. I think one game last season, it maybe two, it was, it was not solid performance when Tremaine Edmonds was out. Uh, he's seems to be a fill in at best, but he was, he's an undrafted guy, right? Like that's, that's kind of mm-hmm. what you expect. He's made a career for himself, but, um, I, I am curious this, you know, you mentioned Taylor Rep. Can they get creative here? Does defensive coordinator Sean McDermott have a three safety look? up his sleeve i don't know i'm interested to see it especially against bigger tight ends like we said we we really don't know what this defense is going to look like and, and it you know same thing for the offense side of the ball we'll talk about that in a little bit but we don't really know what this defense is going to look like outside of what sean mcdermott wants to do i think we see a more aggressive defense and the one thing with Terrell bernard with him being undersized and with his uh you know coverage abilities you know it kind of gives you a few more options for what you want to do in coverage Terrell bernard uh where he's different from uh, Tremaine Edmonds is he is a man-to-man type of coverage linebacker whereas Edmonds who is good in coverage he was only good in zone coverage you know I know this is a team that likes to play a lot of zone but when you get into situations with tight ends like a uh, Travis Kelsey or uh, you know a Kyle Pitts or um, you know some of these guys out there who who are the, the bigger receivers playing playing in the slot or something like that, and you need to have a linebacker on him, guess what? Terrell Bernard can, can step up and be that guy playing man-to-man on, on those guys. So I think he's a little bit different than what we're going to see from uh, – than what we saw from Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you know, don't forget, they still have Matt Milano there, uh, but they're putting a lot of responsibility on, on Bernard's shoulders. I think he's going to have the green dot as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, signs are pointing that way, but I guess we're going to see week one. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big deal. I thought for sure it was going to go to uh, either Hyde or um, or Poyer or Milano. But, you know, I think that's saying a lot for the trust and, 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 and faith that this coaching staff has in a young guy like yeah, it, it was interesting to me that they they so wanted it to be a middle linebacker. If anybody doesn't know, Green Dot signifies the helmet that is allowed to have a communication from the coaching staff to a player on defense. So the quarterback has that. And then uh, much to the chagrin of Bill Belichick, who was, who was picking on people with that, the rule was passed that a defensive player could also have 
communication in the helmet. Um, when you look though at snap counts, the, the Bills play their safeties 100% of snaps. Um, you know, I don't know if that's planning to change a bit with the with the rap signing, but that that would have seemed obvious to me. You got two veteran leaders back there. You got uncertainty at middle linebacker, but they that seems to be just what they want. So we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes. Do you think? You know, what, what's your opinion on the whole Christian Kirksey thing? I, I feel like you add a guy like that to your practice squad yeah. for two reasons. One, get some veteran leadership, you know, with the, with the middle linebackers. And two, you get him up to speed and sign him to the 53-man roster sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, you're also kind of wondering, a guy's available in August. What's wrong with them? You know what I mean? Like, Houston is is not projected to be a great team you couldn't use this guy i mean i mean by cutting him if you had the guaranteed money you still had to pay that i mean it's a little too late in some ways to kind of get get your savings there why was he available does he need to get healthy like what what is going on there he is a veteran he's 30 i'm sorry he's 31 years old just had a birthday uh oh he got cut on his birthday you hate to see that but he just yeah, he went from he he went from Houston to Buffalo. Maybe it was a blessing in, in disguise. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, too, I think Houston's going through through more of a youth movement. And I think for them, any excuse to get some of their younger guys on the field is uh, is a positive to them as yeah. opposed to keeping, you know, look, look let's be honest. They're not they going should trade him at the draft, but that's what they were going to do, though. I mean, this is Houston is not a well-run franchise right now. No, they're not. They're not. Let's be honest. Um, they're not ran well right now. They weren't ran well. Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago. So they're still they're a long way away from being a successful team. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. It might be a blessing in disguise that he ended up. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Devin Singletary does in there. That's a whole separate discussion, though. I mean, he's pretty much Damian Pierce. They're running the same running back one and two, but we'll see how that works out. Charlie, talk to me about cornerback two, okay? Jermaine, uh, Tredavis White, obviously going to lock down CB one. How should people feel about CB two? Are we? Are we? Are you putting Kyir Elam? into bust territory is christian benford really no. showing you enough do you like dane jackson do you feel like they just have great depth how should people feel look i i think at the end of the day right you found a starting a potential starting defensive back in the sixth round of christian benford out of a out of a small school i know you spent a first round pick on a guy like kair elam i'm not giving up on kair elam i don't think the coaching staff is either i think he's just adding to how good uh, you know I, I think it just shows you one speaks volumes of how good bedford is and I think it speaks volumes to you know how much you know of a learning curve there really is in the NFL from college, and I think you know Elam is still learning. He's only in his second year, and I think he'll figure it out. And I think he'll be okay. Let me ask you: you you said you know before is Elam a bust? I said I don't think so. Right? I think you know with him being a first round pick, I'm not giving up on him yet. I don't believe this coaching staff has given up on him yet. Um, I think with the play of Christian Bedford from what we saw in the preseason, it's hard to. Um, not give him that starting job and not sit down and say that he has earned that starting job. So let's be honest. Uh, he's uh, the number three guy behind one guy who, who started, you know, uh, a few seasons ago and, and a second guy who's really stepped up and earned a position as a starting uh, CB two. Do you think Elam is a bust? Okay. So I was trying to think through this the other day. Let, let's say, you know, fast forward to, to next August, right? If Kyer Elam can't become a starter next season, he's a for sure trade candidate 
and you're, you're almost starting to sell low at that point. Like, like if, if he can't get on the field this year, like let, let, let's just say Benford holds down the job. Let, mm-hmm. If he isn't projected to start for you again next year, I mean, I mean what, what would you get back in a trade for a former first-round pick who can't get on the field? Like, you're probably looking day three draft pick for that. So with that in mind, like, would you say, okay, should we try to trade him now going into his second season and when his value is still higher? Should we try to get something back? Or do you say, you know what? No, we still believe in him. At the very least, he's depth. We think he can develop into something special here. Given where the Bills are in their, in their you know, Super Bowl aspirations, I think you hold on to him. You still like him as a player. You just drafted him. He seems way more comfortable in, in just straight up press man trying to get physical and bump and run as opposed to dropping into his own. So that's probably still a learning curve. And, and I don't know the bills. I don't think they can afford to just give up on someone. I think they need the players that they have. They need the depth, everything that's gone on to keep bodies around who know the system. I don't, I don't know, you know, what, what do you think you're getting for them at this time of year? It's probably just a draft pick next year. And then you're kind of back in the same boat. So if you if you like the guy, you drafted him high, you invested in him, you should trust him. But I, I also totally see how if a guy can't get on the field, he's not even there, – there was times this summer he wasn't even the second backup. He was the second backup at cornerback two. Like he was like their fourth guy. And if, if you wanted to trade that guy, I could see that. And if you did decide to trade – the time would be now for sure. Next year, you, the the value goes way down. I mean, you got kind of have that same thought with Boogie Basham, right? So Buffalo traded Boogie Basham and pretty much traded him and swapped late round picks. Like that, didn't really in twenty twenty five. That was basically a giveaway, right? They pretty much just said, "Look, we want to get him off our roster, drop some, you know, rookie cap space, whatever." That's fine. I wasn't ready to move on from Basham, but you know, at the same time, I think it was either him or Epines, and I thought Epines had a better. Uh, season last year, I think. Yeah, Epinesa you gotta trust. Promise, you, right? Yeah, I trust Epinesa more than Basham at this point. I mean, if you cut Basham, he's probably getting claimed on waivers. So exactly, they got they that. got they moved up one round, two drafts from now. That's that's basically nothing. They were gonna cut him. They let him go to a general manager who likes him. I guess I don't know. Yeah, he. Um, uh, I was kind of surprised, but not surprised at the same time. I think it would just freed up a roster spot for, for, for someone else, which is fine. Uh, you know, I thought with them moving on to him, that kind of meant Vaughn was going to be coming back week one. So to see that Vaughn is still out for four more weeks is kind of surprising. Yeah. That but, felt like the right move to me, putting Vaughn on, I on PUP, keep him out four weeks. Save look, him I, I want him, I want him back for the playoffs. So Whatever you got to do to get him back to 100%, get him to the playoffs, that's the most important thing to me. All right, offensive line. Are we feeling comfortable? Some of you know the second preseason game, starters get in there. They looked like they were playing to not get injured. They were kind of going through the motions. The blocking was pretty rough. How are you feeling about the O-line going into the season? I was feeling better until uh, McGovern got bumped, got banged up a little bit. But I like I said before, I, I like the right side of the line. I don't hate Spencer Brown yet. Ask me on Monday night at midnight how I feel, or Tuesday morning at midnight how I feel. But don't hate Spencer Brown yet. Um, I think Torrance is going to be a solid addition at the right guard. You know, really, the, the, to me, the only weakness on that entire offensive line is your tackles, your right and your left side. 
And I know we already said what we have to say about Deion Dawkins, but I will say mm-hmm. it again. I'm still worried about Deion Dawkins. I think everyone buys into the hype of Deion Dawkins and Deion Dawkins being the type of person that he is and all that stuff. And that's great. But I do not see the love affair with Deion Dawkins. As no, I do have to point out, it seems like the front office is, is kind of feels the, the way we feel. They have created cap space by pushing out some money on coming up on what a dozen players this offseason. They haven't touched Dawkins. They don't want to push that money out. That is what you and I uh, lobbied for, actually, on our roster bubble mm-hmm. Um you know, cut down it back in what was that March? Maybe yep. we, we said, you know, there's you could do it with him, but maybe you shouldn't. And the Bills have not done that. So I think uh, that I think that move is a move that happens if and when they need to do something, right? Maybe they need to trade for a middle linebacker. Maybe they need to trade for a CB2. Maybe there's a roster spot, a right tackle, something like that, right? They have to bring in a guy and they're going to have to free up money. I thought he would have been that guy who gets the money freed up to go and sign DeAndre Hopkins, um, but that didn't happen. So, uh, you know, I, I think that money is there for them to free up some kind of money uh, to go and get a guy that they need. By the way, real quick, off topic, these officials in this Kansas City Chiefs game are absolutely terrible. <laughs> I've been watching. I just turned the TV on because the only thing that will calm my dog down right now his TV. So I turned the TV on and since I turned it on, there have been three holds on Kansas city right in front of the official. And there's no flag clear holds. Oh, well, all right. I see NFL officiating hasn't approved in the off season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who has approved in the off season, Charlie is uh, Josh Allen's tight end room. Yes, it, it has. Dalton Kincaid. You just saw the preseason of Dalton Kincaid. How are you feeling entering his rookie year? Uh, good. I like it. I like Kincaid. I like what he brings to this offense. I, I think it's no surprise to anyone that this team has been wanting to run a, you know, 12 personnel, whatever you want to call it, offense for a long time. They tried it last year, bringing in some guys. They tried it, you know, years before just didn't work. So they had to go back to the old faithful, bringing back John Brown, bringing, bringing back um, uh, Cole Beasley at one point, right? So you had to go out and bring those guys in um, to kind of help Josh Allen. I think Dalton Kincaid's going to help this offense tremendously uh, in ways that we may not even know yet. Um, and like I said, I think outside of one Bills drive, no one has any idea how they plan on using Kincaid or how they plan on using anyone in this uh, in this offense. I I was uh, looking earlier today for receiving props. If there's a season, you know, receptions number for Kincaid, I was looking to hammer the over. I didn't actually see it on DraftKings. Maybe we'll keep looking. Um, all signs pointing up to him. He's. I mean, if you're you're in a fantasy league, there might be Dalton Kincaid might be become relevant throughout the year. I Pretty think. sure Dalton Kincaid was the number one pick in a rookie draft, but <laughs> I don't think that was true. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, number two pick, number two or three pick, whatever he was. Uh, he was picked I think Bijan Robinson was number one. He was, and, and rightfully so, but Dalton K was not far behind. All uh, right, so I, I think I think we're both, I mean, I, I am a little worried. Like Dawson Knox is 
probably going to take a little bit of a backseat this year. I don't think so. I, I do not think so. I think you use Dalton Knox in a different way, right? Dalton Knox has really improved as a blocking tight end, so I think they use Dustin him a lot Knox, more yeah. in, in certain ways, right? I think Dalton Kincaid uh, is going to just be a bigger Cole Beasley. And Ooh. Josh Allen seemed really excited about him at points throughout the year, um, you know, throughout preseason and, and the offseason. So I think that uh, having a bigger Cole Beasley is never a bad thing. And given your quarterback who likes to take some chances, unnecessary chances, uh, a target down low that is pretty sure-handed uh, is not a bad thing. James Cook appears to be the clear-cut RB1. Were you drafting him in fantasy that way? Are you Do you really trust the Bills to give him the full workload? He's my bench running back in fantasy and one of my leagues um, just because I think there's better guys out there on the fantasy side. However, I think he gets the workload till inside the 10. <laughs> I don't want to say inside the 20, but I think so. Uh, so he's going to be vultured, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, look, you got you got two guys who are big, strong running backs. You got Latavius Murray, right? Um, and, and you got and you got Damian Harris. Like Damian Harris has made his money in the red zone. Latavius Murray, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of that guy or have seen him up close and personal yet, Nick, but he's a big dude for a running back. So if I'm if I'm uh Ken Dorsey on this team, I am going to run my fastest guy, get him down inside the 10, and just tell my two big backs, pound it home. Yeah, uh, we're, we're inside the two-yard line. Where did Buffalo struggle last year? Red zone. In the red zone. And mostly in goal line situations. And how many times was it Josh Allen sneaking the goal line because your running backs couldn't get, get through? Your running backs couldn't get through the line. The running backs couldn't even get a yard or two when needed. Now you have guys out there who are going to be able to get a yard or two when you need it in Damian Harris, in Latavius Murray. Um, you know, and also I'll, I'll say I'll be shocked if they dress all three, but I wouldn't be surprised if all three are dressed come week one. I would love to see a study on big backs versus smaller backs at the goal line. Every, you know, you always think you want this big guy to kind of bowling ball his way in. What if it, what if smaller backs are the way to go? Cause you're looking for just little tiny holes, little creases, just get in there and, you know, plunge their way through. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I've never really looked into that. I mean, you look at some smaller backs out there, like a Jameer Gibbs, who's running the ball really well tonight, by the way, for Detroit. Um, but there's some smaller backs out there that have had success. I think Buffalo hasn't had a lot of success with a bigger back, um, you know, with a guy like Devin Singletary. Now, while he wasn't big when you want to talk about height, he was a little bit wider and leaner than a James Cook. Um, I'm just excited to see what James Cook can do, man. Like, let him run the ball. He he looked okay in the preseason. Obviously, I know you see a lot more vanilla things in preseason than what you see in uh, in the regular season. So I'm excited to see how they use him. And he's also a very good pass catching running back. So you're giving your quarterback another option out of the backfield to, um, to get that ball to somebody. So any more weapons that you can add for Josh Allen is always a positive. All right. Uh, you, anything else you want to talk about position wise before we switch over to season outlook? 
yeah, I want to just real quick on Dalton Kincaid. Um, I failed to mention this when we were talking. I think Dalton Kincaid has a good year. I don't think that he finishes second in receptions on this football team, like what I think a lot of the media thinks. Um, you know, I think it's still the. Day. I mean, I, I think Gabe Davis would be far and away second in receptions, but Kincaid is has a good bet to be third. You think Kincaid over a Deontay Hardy? I would. You know, I'm, I'm I, more. I'm more excited about Deontay Hardy than what I am over. Um, than what I am over a a Dalton Kincaid right now. Okay, I mean, if there were if there were betting odds in that, I would assume you would be getting plus odds on both guys. It's a. Um, to me, it's a no brainer. It's going to be Diggs. Davis, I think Hardy over Kincaid, but I still think Kincaid has a good year, and I think we see. Yeah, the oh, so real, real quick, you off. mentioned you mentioned Gabe Davis, who was criminally underrated in fantasy drafts. I think. Are we looking at a bounce back for Gabe Davis, or do you think you think some of the mental struggles are going to continue? Uh, there needs to be a bounce back for Gabe Davis. Um, let's be honest. I think this is a big year. We know it's contract year, so obviously it's a big year for Gabe Davis, but. Um, this team is only going to go as far as that wide receiver two lets them go. You can only do so much as Stephon Diggs. When Diggs is double teamed, where are you going with that ball? Right. We talked about some other guys. Oh, so I, I understand that, but you're not getting that ball. How how deep? You know, Dalton Kincaid to me is not a deep ball guy. Your third and tens, your your second and fifteens, right? You can't go to Diggs every time. You got to find someone to go to, and I think you got to find a way to get the ball to Gabe Davis on the sidelines, let him do, do some of that toe drag swag that he's done so well. I think you're going to see Josh Allen extend a couple plays this year. And then, oops, look at that. Dalton Kincaid's open 25 yards downfield. How about look, that? I'll, look, Nick, if that happens a million times, you can just tweet at me. You, you can, you can thread, you can thread me. All right. Yes. I, I will have to have to make this thread that you speak of to, uh, <laughs> to thread you. All right, Charlie, listen, let's talk about the AFC East. Arguably the best division in football. The entire division is loading up. The Dolphins are back. They're healthy. They have Tua. They have Hill. They have Waddle. That is explosive when they can stay on the field. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. What does he have left? I'm not exactly sure, but he is good. They have an amazing defense. And the Patriots uh, are going to try to actually have an offensive coordinator this year. So (laughs) that looks like it's trending up. Um, to me, you can feel free to dispute this. I see the Bills as, as the number one team and the Patriots as the number four team and Jets and Dolphins kind of fighting for the second spot there. But honestly, I don't think the the win total is going to be that different. Like I could if you told me these teams all finished like each position was one game apart. And, you know, let's say the Bills have 12 wins, Miami 10 I'm sorry, Miami 11, Jets 10, Patriots 9. Like, I could see that totally happening. Um, Look, I think the Jets have a good team, and I think adding, again, I I think their offense is going to be scary. I don't know if their defense is going to be as good as what uh, DJ Reed made them seem like they're going to be better than the I I think they could be – well, their schedule is really tough, but I think they have a very, very good defense. Do you think this defense is better? To me, on paper – Sure, you want to give CB2, CB1 to them? Sure. I think the Bills' defensive line is very good. 
I think uh, the Bills' safeties. I think the Bills have better safeties, right? I mean, um, listen. I think I think the Bills, the Jets, and the Patriots all have top ten worthy defenses. Whether whether you think the Patriots top, have a top ten defense, really? I will. They end up there at the end of the year. I don't think so because of who they play and because the Patriots' offense is not gonna is gonna keep them on the field a lot. Uh, but I think as a unit, I think they're they're very good. They have the potential to be very good. I think Miami's defense is good, but I don't think they're any better than what they were last year. And, you know, who they add? They added Jalen Ramsey. Great. Well, Jalen Ramsey. Right. It's Jaylen, a pretty it's a pretty good ad. Right, it is. But what has happened not for not to, you know, I know it's a new season, things change. But what happened the last two times the Buffalo Bills played Jalen Ramsey? Stephen Diggs took his lunch money. Stefan Stefan Diggs became him. Stefan Diggs was him those games. And look, I, I'm not worried about Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is on the plus side of 30. He's not the same quarter cornerback as what he used to be. Um, he's also out for a few seasons. He may be even out for the, I'm sorry, he's out for a few games, maybe be out for the season. Um, but look, at the end of the day, man, he's a the defense didn't really do much outside of Jalen Ramsey to to get better. They sure they added Nick Chubb late last year at the trade deadline. Nick Chubb really didn't show me anything exciting. I think Miami's going to be relying a lot on their guys to go and take a step forward, and we'll see what happens there. Um, but with all of that said, I think it still goes Buffalo one, Jets two, Miami three, New England four. New England obviously falls because of their lack of offense, um, and Miami's only going to be as good as a healthy two allows them to be. And and what kind of win totals are you seeing for those teams? Um, I think Buffalo has a similar win total to last year. Um, you know, I think Buffalo. I don't want to say they're going to be vying for the number one seed, but uh, I think they're going to be right there in a the number one seed race late in the year. I think New England uh, wins eight or nine, maybe. Uh, I think Miami's on the cusp of wild card at ten wins. Um. And I and look, and I think at the end of the day, I think you have a, a Jets team that could be an 11 12 win team. Okay. The, the Bills cannot, neither team, right? The Bills or the Jets cannot win the division Monday night. I think that has to be said. The division is not going to be won on Monday night. Both teams have a very tough schedule. Um, you did just pick both teams for between 12 and 13 wins. So this 11, game... 11, 11 and 12. Thank you very much for the Jets. 11 and 12. Okay, 11 and 12 in, in the in the Bills you gave about 13. I mean, that sounds like one game could kind of come into play. It could, but I don't think that, the, that it's going to be the game that's going to. I think the second meeting obviously is going to be the bigger one. Um and and I I do not think that this is going to come down to the last game of the year. I think the game the the Bills Dolphins at the end of the year is going to be mean more to Miami as far as making the playoffs than what it's going to mean to Buffalo. All right, that's fair. Let's talk about other much. other threats for the Bills in the the AFC. We got the Chiefs always. The Bengals are, look tough. Joe Burrow just got paid. There's a lot of other teams looking good. Chargers could be coming up. Jags could be coming up. Are Charlie the Browns? Listen, this is my, my hot take. I am not worried about the Browns. The vibes seem terrible. I'm down on the Browns. They are the you know, fourth highest ranked team on many power rankings. I'm shaking. 
Um, I'm more worried. I'd be more worried about the Ravens than the Browns. I'm not worried about the Ravens. Why not? Good offense. Okay defense. They're older on defense. Okay. Um, I don't. Th- and, and look, man. At the end of the day, man, it's it's Lamar. I want to say teams have kind of figured Lamar out. At this, Lamar point. finally has legitimate pass catchers. He does. He does. Can. Well, uh, even but even by legitimate, I'm going to say he has a, a aging superstar and a rookie and a good tight end, and that's like the far and away the best he's had. He's look. I think I'm not worried. Lamar's the one that doesn't worry me from that division. The one that does is going to be that Browns offense because I still got Nick Chubb, who's scary good. And as much as I hate the guy, they still got Deshaun Watson, who I know he did not look good last year. And, you know, he may be the reason that holds that entire team back. Um, but I think the Browns got a good defense. Um, they're going to be they're going to be harder than what people think. And not for nothing, they open. I believe they open against the Bengals this year, Nick, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. Um, and they have won five of the last six meetings with the Bengals. Okay. So tell me, you're, you're projecting the Bills about 12, 13 wins. Where does that seed them in your mind in the AFC? Uh, it's going to be one or two. I think it's either going to be – it all comes down to what kind of year Kansas City has. And, you know, Kansas City is playing good tonight. It's week one. It's a Detroit team that's – Without Travis Kelsey. Without Travis Kelsey. Correct. It all depends on what is Kelsey's injury. He seems to be running around the sidelines just fine. Uh, so I don't think it's as bad as what some people thought it might be. But I do think at the end of the day, um, you know, they'll go as far as Mahomes. Ta- you know, the same thing with the Bills, right? Bills are going to go as far as Josh Allen can take them. And Josh Allen has to play mistake-free football uh, mo- many, many games as opposed to what we saw last year between fumbles and interceptions. And I think with this Kansas City Chiefs team, they're going to go as far as the Travis Kelsey – uh, Patrick Mahomes duo list them. All right, Charlie. So listen, give it to me straight. What has to go right for the Bills to finally get the Super Bowl? Uh, Josh Allen's cut down on interceptions. That's one. Um, I think what we need to see really from Josh Allen the most is instead of, I have no problem with him extending plays. I have problems with him extending plays and then doing something stupid with the football. Okay. Um. I know when it works, it's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. How did he do that? But how many more times are we like, oh, my God, Josh, what are you doing? Uh, the Jets game last year was a first first Jets game last year was a perfect example. Rolls out to the right, throws the ball. He had a guy standing right in front of Dawson Knox, throws the ball right to the, right to the other team. Um, Josh Allen has to cut down on those. Josh Allen has to slide. All that has to go right, the Bills need Josh Allen to be as close to 100% as possible 99.9% of the season. That's um, it? I, no, well, that no, that oh, sounds oh, doable. Oh, no, there's more. Okay, oh, it sounds doable so far. There's more. I think Buffalo has to develop, uh, has to establish a running game this year. Um, the running game has not been terrible in years past, obviously behind JA 17, but you need to develop a, a running game. You got to utilize Damon Harris, utilize your weapons, utilize James cook. Um, and then on the defense side of the ball, they got to find ways to get home. If they're rushing for whatever they decide to do on that defense side of the ball, you have to get to the quarterback. You have to um, get sacks. You have to find ways 
to um, force turnovers in situations where you need a turnover. I'm tired of this. Ben, don't break defense that we saw from Leslie Frazier. I think we see a lot more of an aggressive defense from Sean McDermott. And I think an aggressive defense is what it's going to take for this team to continue to be successful uh, throughout the season. Same question back to you, Nick. What what does this team need to do to finally get over the hump and win a Super Bowl? All right. Um, so listen, Nick, uh, you know, health is is always number one, especially quarterback. If your quarterback gets hurt, it's over. Like that's it, period. Mm-hmm. Gotta stay healthy. Uh, along with that, I really think they need improved offensive line play. That you know, Josh Allen can't be Josh Allen if he's got guys in his face before any routes can develop. They gotta keep him healthy, they gotta keep blocking. They got to get better offensive line play. I don't know, care who it is. If you got to bench people, if you bring people in, if the guy you just signed from the Seahawks ends up starting, you got to get better play, period. And if they don't, they're going to be going home early and we're going to be saying, give me a big boy in the draft because you got to have offensive line, period. That's that's like top of my list for me. I would also say on the offense – you do need someone to step up as a reliable secondary target. We know Stefan Diggs is amazing. We know there's been games where he doesn't get the ball as much as he wants, and he seems to be okay with that when they're winning and when they're not winning and he's not getting the ball. That is tough for him. So I do think some of that last year was related to Josh Allen's elbow injury. But if, if Gabe gets back into form, if, Maybe Deontay Hardy becomes that guy, like you were thinking. I don't know who it is. Somebody's got to step up. And really, the offense needs to find a better rhythm. It needs to be able to straighten it out when things aren't going well. I think this could be a make or break year for Ken Dorsey. If things don't go well, I think he's on the hot seat. They they must get this figured out immediately. And if if the running game does if it doesn't come together, there were too many times last year. It just looked like I must want to say just boring. Like, like the concepts yeah. were not interesting. You know, you were seeing other teams running the motions, running this, this interesting pre-snaps. And you're like, I miss Brian Dable. Oh my gosh, I miss Brian Dable. Uh, this is the year for Ken Dorsey. The bills, the expectations are too high to settle for that. If they get what they got last year, that's good. They're going to have to make some, some tough calls. I think. Remember that offense that we saw week one, Last year, week one against the Rams, that was awesome. Yeah, can we get that for every game this season? Because that was the best offense that the Bills had all season. Um, it, was, yes. it was great. I think the thing, like, people watch film in the NFL, like, you need to continuously, like, be evolving, and it didn't seem like the ball, the Bills were evolving fast enough last season. No, it, it, it seemed like that Jets game – Um even before Josh Allen's injury, that Jets game was when everything started to change, right? Then you had the Vikings game, and offense looked good. They had points. They put up they put up points uh, early on in the game and, and, and just couldn't hold on to a lead on defense. Um, and then you had the Packers game, that everything was going right for them in the Packers game right up until uh, the second half. And all of a sudden, the second half, the entire – offense looked like a totally different offense and from that point on that to me that was the changing point in the offense that's when that offense seemed to struggle was that second half of the Packers game right on through the last game against Cincinnati we saw a totally different offense than what we saw all season 
All right. I mean, I, I've talked about not in a good way. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I've talked about a handful of points. Haven't mentioned defense at all. All I'm gonna say on defense is like, listen, you need to be good enough on defense and great on offense. That's been the formula in the NFL for several years now. It's great to have a, a good defense, but the best offenses are going to score, period. you got to be good enough. I think the Bills have the veteran unit. They have the players. They have good coaching. Um, the, the number one thing I'd say is they need to find a pass rush outside of Von Miller, and I think that they will. I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with Leonard Floyd, and maybe one of my hotter takes for the year is I think Greg Rousseau is going to have a huge – season i think he's due for the breakout i think you're gonna see it and if you do i think he leads the team in sacks this year and if he breaks out you heard it here first well i think he was knocking on the door last year right he had eight and a half sacks so he was definitely knocking on the door of having a quote-unquote breakout year last year i think he has to take a step forward um he can't plateau this season he needs to continue to climb that ladder and continue to climb that mountain uh i don't think we've seen the peak of um uh, Rousseau yet, but he definitely has to take a huge step forward. Um, another guy, Nick, another thing that I feel like needs to be done that, that we haven't mentioned was Buffalo needs to see solid gameplay from their young players. The Buffalo Bills are the oldest team in the NFL. At least they were going into the preseason. I believe coming out of the preseason, they still are, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe you can correct me on that but they are the oldest team in football right now. They need to start seeing production from the young players because they're, they're, they're getting very close to being the new Orleans saints of a few years ago with a hundred million dollars in over the cap and trying, trying to find ways to get under and yada, yada, yada. So Buffalo has to start getting some play from the young guys uh, to allow them to free up cap space, to allow them to continue to bring in good young players uh, to continue to stay relevant in, 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 in this league. All right, I like I like a lot of that, Charlie. You got any uh, league wide hot takes before we before we uh, get to our Super Bowl pr- prediction? Yeah, I think the Chargers win the AFC West. Ooh, I like that. They are they are on the rise. If uh, you know, last year it felt like Tyreek Hill left the Chiefs. There's it felt like there's there's a disturbance in the force uh, that did not happen. They were still the best. The Chiefs, uh, the Chargers are, are should be much better. I think Kellen Moore as the OC is a huge addition. I think that's going to be great. I think Justin Herbert's in for a big year. Do they have the defense? I think I think it's going to they're going to be tough. I still got to pick the Chiefs, but I do love hearing you go on that limb. I do have another one. Um, I don't think the Eagles make the playoffs. Wow, you think people are on to Jalen Hurts or what? I think it's a tough division. I think the Jets are gonna, or the Giants are a very good football team. I think the Cowboys, as much as I hate to say it, I think the Cowboys still have Cowboys a good team. Good. Yeah. Uh, so now you got the Cowboys and the Giants. That that might be, you know, I want to say the AFC West might be the second toughest division in football, but I really think that uh, that NFC East might be the second toughest division in football, but behind the AFC East. Yeah, I think both the the fourth place team in both those divisions is not very good. I don't think Oakland is very good, and I don't think Washington is is there either. I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of a Sam Howell believer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think he. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. They. They had. They don't have a bad team. Is the problem with Washington? Yeah. 
They just they're, they, they're just yeah. young. They're a young team, and they're so unproven that I feel like the expectation on Washington is so low this year that they're kind of like that team. Uh, you know, they're they're playing with nothing to really lose. Maybe their head coach. Maybe that's what they lose if they don't make the playoffs, right? They lose their head coach, but they're 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 not playing. They're, they're, there's nothing for them to really lose if they don't make the playoffs. So that those teams sometimes are the scariest teams to play. All right, what's your Super Bowl pick, Charlie? Um, I'm going with the Chris Berman special, man. Those Niners. You are stealing my pick that uh, I was going to go with the same thing. I think the 49ers uh, probably would have made it last year if they had any healthy quarterbacks. I don't think they could possibly be that unlucky. Again, they have great coaching. They have uh, Christian McCaffrey on top of it. They have a great defense. If if Brock Purdy can just be decent enough, they're going to be very, very tough to beat. I think Brock Purdy's still going to be a good quarterback. Obviously, they moved on from Trey Lance, which kind of upset me in our dynasty league because I thought Trey Lance was going to be the guy there after Garoppolo left. Uh, so I had to cut him. But um, oh, look, I, I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, man. I think you're going to get a good quarterback play from Brock Purdy. You still have Debo Samuel there. You still have Christian McCaffrey there. You still have that dangerous defense that the Niners have. Um, I. I and I'm going to say if, if, if obviously between Buffalo and San Francisco, are going to say Buffalo wins the Super Bowl. But if it's not Buffalo in the Super Bowl this year, if Buffalo doesn't make it and San Francisco does, I really think San Francisco is going to be that team to win the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, before we go here, let, let's give me, give me one team that didn't make the playoffs last year that will and one team that did that won't. Oh, one team that didn't last year that will. Um, hmm. One team that won't, I'm going to say, and this is a big hot take, is Miami. Okay. I mean, they I were nine, nine and eight last year. They were a seven seed. They were. I think between the AFC West and the AFC East, there's just too many good teams in those two divisions alone um, to say, hey, you're going to make the playoffs as a seven seed. I don't see that happening. I think. There's way too many good teams in that division. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, man. I don't know how. And I'm going out on a limb just because I kind of believe in Richardson a little bit. But I think Indy might sneakily sneak in without Jonathan Taylor. Wow. That's a hot Str- take. I think Indy's one of the worst teams in the whole league. I Look, I thought yeah, the same thing about – I thought the same thing about Baltimore behind Lamar Jackson when he was starting in Baltimore. And he won MVP. And he made the playoffs. I don't think they do shit in the playoffs. But I think I, mean, they I, think, I think Lamar would have been much higher in this year's if he was uh coming out in this year's draft class, he would have been much higher than thirty second pick. I think the big thing with that division though, man, is outside of um Outside of the Jaguars, I'm not worried about the Titans. I'm not worried about Houston. Um, do I think they win the division? No, but to me, there's four wins right there that I think that Indianapolis can get. 
two over Houston, two over the Titans. So there's four. Um, I'm not saying they're going to split with Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville has a good team, but I just don't know how good Jacksonville is going to be. I think Doug Pearson is a very good coach, and I think we saw that in Philadelphia a couple years back. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence yet, and that's just my take. Okay. All right, listen. Uh, the very easy pick in this is going to be Tampa Bay to miss because Tom Brady's not there anymore. Yes, I, so that's I won't, easy, that's I, won't, I, won't, I won't take that one. That's a little too easy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Giants. I think they overachieved last year. Really? I love, you know, love Brian Dable. Still not sold on Daniel Jones. I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like they really overachieved a little bit last year. Got lucky. I could see them falling back. I could see Minnesota taking a step back. Uh, everybody, everybody's picking Detroit. I don't even feel like that's like an interesting pick, really, to pick Detroit. Uh, listen, the Jets. I could see the Jets are. I could see the Jets going very badly, and Aaron Rodgers blows up, and it's drama, and it's everything. But you really, I mean, just from a franchise and team building perspective, they are all in. Okay, like they are going for it. They got Aaron Rodgers. He's pushing forty. They're not done adding. Like they, if something goes wrong, they will keep adding because they have to. They like their chips are in the middle. Like they, they can only keep going in. All right. Like they can't just stop midseason and and decide like, oops, like we don't want to do this anymore. Like, like they're in and they have to keep going in. Um, I don't know how that's going to work out. It's a tough. It's a tough conference. Uh, Jets. I could see them making the jump this year. I um, want to say real quick about the Jets, to your point yeah. with the Jets. Do we know what Aaron Rodgers we're going to get yet? I mean, look, I know what Aaron Rodgers we saw in the preseason, what Aaron Rodgers we saw in hard knocks, but, again, teams play vanilla defenses of the preseason. You don't see anything yeah. different. Do we see 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers? Did Did you see anything from Aaron Rodgers last year in the Green Bay game? Because really that's the only thing we have to compare it against that made you worry about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets. I think last year Aaron Rodgers was just was like literally checked out and you know he gets moody like he does and he was just not giving his best. I think he's he's a little bit more energized this year. I think he's got he's got another FU season in him. How many games do you think it's going to take? How many how many losses will it take until Aaron Rodgers turns into moody Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be like hilarious i mean rogers is really like nuked his his public standing during during the pandemic here so like he's he is kind of a villain and he's just going to lean into that so hard in new york the media is going to turn it's going to be a circus um but if they, if they lose week one i don't think we get that aaron Rodgers, right we probably get the relax aaron Rodgers, right yeah, it's week one. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender. I mean, it depends how the game goes. I mean, if it's 35-3 and you get sacked eight times, I mean, then who knows? <laughs> look, if they get sacked Aaron Rodgers eight times. And and look, that's that that has to be the Jets' biggest weakness right now is that offensive line. Yeah. You know, yeah, I keep, heard the yeah, guys keep, on, keep the old man upright. You gotta try, right? I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers goes down. Are you worried about Zach Wilson by any means? No. I'm not. No, I think you just have to go to the the Spirit Halloween and get like a Pac-Man costume and stand in the front row, and then he's he shook. What do you think is what do you, what do you think at the end of the day? Um, 
what what could go wrong for Buffalo this year that would prevent them from making the playoffs and or making the Super Bowl? Uh, okay, so obviously quarterback injury that goes for every team. Uh, what could go wrong? Outside like, of the easiest. Yeah, question. listen, Sean McDermott taking on an expanded role like is, is that is that going to become volatile? I mean, we we think that's going to go well. Um, what if it doesn't? What if middle linebackers just a problem all season? What if they just can't stop the run and teams are just gashing them every single time? Like for when things go wrong for this team, like the offense is is good enough where it's going to keep them in games even if they're if they're playing poorly um but like if, if sean mcdermott's beloved defense is the one that keeps letting this team down like that that is how it starts getting ugly that's how stefan diggs drama boils up if stefan diggs goes out like you know Kincaid is a is you know a nice piece we think but he's He's not the caliber of receiver that they could have brought in. They, I mean, they have Diggs, who's who's their number one, and then they have Gabe, Gabe Davis. They hope is two, and then they got Hardy and Kincaid, and like some some nice like tertiary pieces here. But man, if Diggs goes down, the offense is, is suddenly less formidable. And you could say, well, guess what? Mahomes can do it without anybody whose name you even know. Okay, well, we haven't really seen Josh do that yet. No, when Josh did do it. You know, when Josh was playing without um without Diggs, now now I think it's a different situation, right? Josh played without Diggs. None of those receivers are in the league anymore. How about that? Zay, Robert Zay, Foster's Zay, out of Zay the league. Jones is in the league. Sorry, Zay Jones is in the league, but you know, sure. Okay. One guy out of everyone that he was throwing the ball to. No one's in the league anymore. They're either retired or because of ability or age. So you know, that just shows league? you Nathan Peterman. Still in the league, still cashing checks. Crazy to think about. Crazy. Crazy thing about the Nate Peterman still in this league. Did he get picked up? I know he got cut. Did he get picked up by anybody? Yeah, I think he signed back to the practice squad. Um, okay, let me ask if you can find it. One more question. Does Buffalo do anything for the backup quarterback role if Josh Allen goes out? Because I don't have a lot of faith in Kyle Allen. No, he was not. Uh, did not look very encouraging. They released Matt Barkley with the injury settlement. He's going to go rehab. At this point, I mean, you got to find somebody who knows the offense. Like it's it, it's Kyle Allen. If they wanted to add somebody, they should have done it before 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 the season opener got here. They did um, call on Trey Lance. They did. I mean, do you really think Trey Lance is going to come and pick up the offense when he couldn't get in? I mean, San Francisco wants somebody to just point and shoot. He couldn't even do that. I mean, do do you think Trey Lance though would be a better? No, I think Kyle Allen is a guy who knows the offense, and that's that's what they need. If Josh Allen goes out, they need a game manager. They need somebody to protect the ball. They need their defense to step up, and they need to win a close one. So, um, it's going to be timing routes. It's going to be it's, it's going to be simpler. It's you know, it's it's not not Josh Allen scramble hero ball. It's it's. Throw the quick slant. Final final question. Outcome of the game. Monday, Monday night. Monday night. Uh, 17 plus 14 equals 31. Bills 31 to 24. Wow. Okay. Full touchdown victory. Now, the uh, I've seen a lot of just people saying the Bills aren't going to score any touchdowns. 
Uh, and these aren't just like fans. These are radio personalities in New York who uh, have probably been sucking too much of that New Jersey polluted air. I mean, Sa- Sauce Gardner is legit. I'm a little, I'm gonna interested to see how Diggs versus Sauce plays out. I'm telling you, Gabe Davis was criminally underrated. If he bounces back, he's going to have a bunch of touchdowns. Think about this: if they double team Diggs, we need. They don't. I don't think they need to. If Sauce Gardner's covering you one on one, that's all you need. Okay. I I still think Dig. I I don't think Diggs. I don't know. I I, I think I think you move Diggs into the slot a little yeah, bit. You yeah, move, move around. Them. Make them uncomfortable. Move them around. That's what you got to do. That's what they're going to have to do. I think the Bills do win this game, though, as well. Uh, I'm going a little bit closer than you. I'm going 30 to 28. 30 to 28. Okay. I think the Bills win by two points. Aaron Rodgers, you spent the entire show dissing. You're giving him four touchdowns against the Bills' elite defense. I'm not saying he's scoring the four touchdowns. His don't offense forget, is scoring them. Don't forget about those running backs that they have. Who, oh, by the way, I'm not worried about Dominic Cook. Um, but no, I, I think look, it's game one. It's Sean McDermott calling uh, defensive play calls really for the first time, in, you know, in a situation we don't know what type of defense we're going to find. Um, and yes, I could dish Aaron Rodgers all I want, but Aaron Rodgers is still Hall of Fame. Aaron Rodgers. It'd be the same thing with Tom Brady was coming in. I could say all I want about what I think about him, but at the end of the day, he's still a hall, future Hall of Famer. He still has Garrett Wilson catching passes from him. Um, you know, if Garrett Wilson goes down and he's got to throw to other guys, he still has Alan Lazard there. He still has McCall Hardman, who has been a pain in the ass for the Bills the last few seasons in in, in Kansas City. Um, you know, look, man, at the end of the day, you, you're still, you know, playing a team that a lot of people are picking to possibly win the Super Bowl. Um, that's that's a real homer pick. Anyone who does that, you think the Jets is more of a homer pick than to win the Super Miami? Bowl? I, I, I mean, media based in New York picking the Jets. I'm saying, oh, who who do you who do you who do you think is has a better chance of making the Super Bowl than the Jets or Miami? Because I see a lot of people Ooh. say Miami. I mean, listen, I think Miami when Tua is healthy, I think the offense is dangerous, and as long as he stays healthy, I think they can stay dangerous. I don't trust them to stay healthy that long, but if he pulls it off, I think Miami has a higher ceiling. See, and that's where I'm different with you. I don't. I still don't. I'm still not a full believer in Tua. I think you take away the short game from him. Uh, you take away those quick slants from from Hill and Waddle. I don't think that there's any offense. There okay. in that. I mean, I mean, yeah, good luck. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Good luck. But there's ways to do it, man. You And now look, I know Hill is tough at the line. Let's be honest. You can't really get hands on him. But I still have faith in Trey White. I think Trey White has a huge bounce back here this year. Mm-hmm. I think we see Trey White of years past. All right, Charlie, last question for you. Are you worried about conspiracy theorist Aaron Rodgers playing in New York on 9-11? Uh, has he said anything about that? <laughs> I don't think so, but he's probably thinking it. No, I don't know. No. I'm just worried about Aaron Rodgers in general. I, I just hate that. Why did the division have to get good once Buffalo got good? Like, why couldn't the division just suck for years like it did when Brady well, was in the I division? I mean, the, the same Buffalo's swing has coincided with Tom Brady leaving the Patriots in some way. So every other team has also been waiting for Tom Brady to leave the Patriots. 
Yeah, but think about it. The division sucked for how many years, even when Tom Brady was with the Patriots. Not because he was beating them. They just sucked. Miami hasn't been relevant in how many years? You know, now all of a sudden, people are picking them to win the Super Bowl. The Jets haven't been relevant in how many years, you know? And now all of a sudden, the Bills are good, and oh, it just breaks my heart. I'm so mad about this. Anyway, look, at the thing at the end of the day, man, uh, no, I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers and his conspiracy theorist self. Uh, but he might just find see another UFO or something. Yeah. It's the Meadowlands, man. It's Swampland. There's weird things that happen in the swamp. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it, Charlie. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. Hit them up for all your sports performance needs. Tell Dr. Matt, tell Dr. Zach that the process sent you. Yes. And uh, congratulations to Dr. Matt, who was engaged in the offseason. Got to give a a shout out to Dr. Matt on his his big engagement. Uh, Very excited for him. He had great hair. (laughs) <laughs> to the entire engagement photos. Um, you know, probably the best hair out of all the Veronica's, although Joe Vern gives him gives him quite a run for the money. All right, listen, we're we're gonna see if he he's a true listener. If he gets all the way to the end and hears that comment, I better get a text. We'll see. We'll see how long that takes. We, yes, I, I expect one as well. We'll see what happens. But uh no, appreciate everyone tuning in. We are back. I promise we are not gonna just come back for one episode and then take the entire season off. Uh, we are back here through the good, the bad, and the ugly of what might be this Buffalo Bills season. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate everyone joining us again for another lovely season of Buffalo Bills football. Uh, we are here for all the hot takes, all of the cardiac moments that may happen this season. Uh, we will bring them all to you guys here on the Process Podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica on Facebook at by Nick Veronica and on threads at what Nick at Nick Veronica at Nick Veronica on threads. Okay. So follow Nick Veronica at Nick Veronica on threads. You can follow me on, on, uh, uh, on, on Twitter on X. Sorry. I keep saying Twitter on X um, at Chawit C H A W I T six, eight. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate our sponsor ethos. Uh, go Bills. Greg Russo, 10 sacks. You heard it here first. There you go. Greg Russo, 10 sacks. 10 sacks. You heard it here first from Nick Veronica. Uh, all right, everyone, go, go Bills. Thank you for tuning in. And remember to always trust the process.